welcome to the Essential Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, Essential Arts and Intimacy Facilitator, Relationship Coach, Tantrika, and Artist with a Passion for the Path of Liberation Through Love. In this podcast, you will receive first-hand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artists. Because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. All right, so today I'm excited to talk about beauty and its tie with spirituality and yeah, just the way that I have changed my perspectives and views on beauty over the years, my own journey with my own perception of beauty in my physical form. I made a post about this on Instagram the other day and on Facebook as well. And it, yeah, actually got a lot of people kind of commenting and sharing. And I just find it such a fascinating thing to inquire into, to deconstruct, to explore, because especially for people socialized, raised as women, uh, it's such a big topic and so much of our self-worth and our uh, desirability is tied to beauty. And so much of like patriarchy and capitalism like revolves around the beauty industry, um, how seriously we're taken as professionals can be linked with our beauty, how much people will pay attention to us, the opportunities in our life. There's pretty privilege, which is absolutely a thing. And a lot of us can get really sucked down into the a rabbit hole around beauty and appearance that is really damaging and toxic. Uh, but then there is this light and beautiful and kind of more empowering way of being with beauty and looks and appearance and decorating yourself uh, that can be yeah really beautiful and quite sacred and um, that it's something that yeah has a, a power of its own that isn't recognize the same way as other forms of power, but is, yeah, like a really um, impactful thing in someone's life. So I, yeah, I guess I'll just start with a little bit about my journey with beauty, just to give some context of where my perspective comes from, because everyone's going to have a very different experience with it. I think there's some very typical collective experiences. Like when I was sharing my journey, there was a lot of other people, especially others that had been uh, in the modeling and performing industry and stuff that really related to my experience. Um, but then there would be some other people that really don't relate to it. Uh, I know a lot of men were relating to it as well in some regard, but I think like there's a different flavor if you are born and raised as a woman, um, because it's you know, considered to be a much more important thing for women to be beautiful uh, in the collective 
but it still definitely affects people of all genders. And yeah, I think like, yeah, it'll be different for people that are definitely considered to be less physically attractive in general, like their own journey of uh, how they're navigating that compared to someone that is considered to be more generically attractive. So yeah, I'm going to give some context to my perspective with my past and my experience. And maybe some people can relate to that uh, or just find it interesting. So when I was growing up, I was never considered to be attractive. Um, I didn't have people that had crushes on me. I think there was like one person ever in kind of primary school, high school that had a crush on me and people made fun of him for it. Uh, I was always taller than everyone. Um, a lot of people don't realize I'm six foot tall, uh, 183 centimeters or something like that. I'm very tall and I've always been tall. Like I, growing up, people are like, oh, you're tall now, but you're probably going to end up being short. And that happened for some of my friends that they just um, were early bloomers and they were kind of were the tallest and then ended up being quite short um, as everyone else kind of caught up. But I've always been tall, always been very skinny. Uh, when I was younger, especially, I kind of like a lot of people thought I was anorexic. I never had an eating disorder um, because I was just so naturally skinny anyway. But I was really skinny, really tall. Um, and as I got into puberty, I got s severe acne. So, you know, I obviously that's not a very attractive thing for most people to <laughs> be covered in acne uh, and have some pretty serious stuff. I had to go on some pretty hard medication for that. And small breasts, no breasts. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I also like, I have had a nose job, uh, in my early twenties. So I, I had a bigger nose. A lot of people used to say I look like Paris Hilton, um, back in the day when she was kind of popular having this like longer nose. So yeah, I didn't have people that were attracted to me. People kind of made fun of people that were attracted to me. I just kind of came to terms with the fact that I just wasn't attractive, um, that I wasn't one of the pretty girls, that I I know I wasn't like completely hideous, but I, I didn't feel like I was attractive. People weren't attracted to me uh, until I was like, yeah, maybe 17. I started getting people like a bit more interested in me, started having my first like dating experiences, my first kisses, that kind of stuff. And yeah, when I was younger, because of being really tall and skinny, my mom put me into modeling classes to try to say like, oh, you have a model's body and to try to give me a bit of confidence. Uh, but then I wouldn't get taken in by any agencies because of my acne and my like not being attractive <laughs> enough, basically. But I did a little bit of like catwalk and stuff and was like, oh, you have a supermodel body, which I, you know, I really see my parents um, tried to help me feel a bit better um, about my specific looks. <laughs> Um, but that didn't really go that far until I turned 18 and I started doing like nude modeling. And yeah, I, I was really into some of you probably know the suicide girls. They were really popular back in the day. It's just like tattooed model pinup side. And I really wanted to be a suicide girl because like they were cool and weird and I was cool and weird. And, um, I started doing a bit of modeling like that when I was 18 and I started also doing some lingerie waitressing stuff. Um, and 
yeah, then I got into stripping at 19. So I was quite young and I didn't think I'd be able to make money as a stripper. Cause I was like, well, I'm ugly and weird. I had like dreadlocks at the time and like some really shitty tattoos and was just really like skinny and pale and gangly. Um, and it was quite shocking then when I actually started working as a stripper that all these people were like throwing money at me. And, you know, there's all these like really attractive women in the strip club, like playboy model kind of chicks. And for some reason, people are coming for lap dances with me. And so there was like this identity crisis kind of thing of like, whoa, I've always considered myself to be ugly and unattractive. And I was like severely depressed. Um, this was around the time that I was like very suicidal. But yeah, people were suddenly like, wow, you're really hot. Wow, you're so sexy. Oh, your small boobs are so cute. Oh, all this kind of stuff. So it was like, really, it took me a while to get used to this. I was like, okay, apparently I'm attractive now. And yeah, then I kind of dove really into that. Um, I, I mean, I was always really into like piercings and tattoos and like coloring my hair. Uh, but then since I was working then professionally as like a model and a performer and a stripper, I really like leaned in and was constantly bleaching my hair and getting hair extensions and nails and I got my nose job and then I got a boob job and I, yeah, like already because of being so self-conscious so much, I wouldn't leave the house without makeup on. I would always have, um, like, especially because of my acne, I used to always have foundation and eyeliner, like minimum. I would not go out without it. And I, yeah, I was just so obsessed with my look. I spent so much time and money on it. Like, it's actually kind of ridiculous when I look back on finances and stuff it's like jesus like spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on makeup and hair and tattoos and piercings and jewelry and all this kind of stuff and then i'm wondering why i'm broke all the time because i'm spending all of my money on trying to be hot uh, and you can justify it when you work in the industry because you're like oh well i get paid to be attractive so like i have to spend this money but there were plenty of women that were making a shit ton of money that like just had basic hair and makeup and looked natural and they actually made more money a lot of the time um so it was totally like not even true <laughs> and that's something I actually really loved about stripping was that I started seeing that often the girls that were wearing the most makeup and the most plastic fantastic like there was certainly a specific clientele that would go for that but some of the highest earners were always the natural looking girls so the kind of plain girl next door usually just like plain brown hair basic makeup like kind of sexy lingerie but not too sexy they were often the ones that actually made the most money and had the most demand um and yeah often girls that were more curvy like bigger bodied and that was quite interesting to see as well like oh, okay there's definitely people that are into a certain kind of look and then there's definitely people that are really into the natural look but I really went in plastic fantastic way um in the kind of punk Barbie doll way I wasn't like generic obviously heavily tattooed uh but yeah I really got into this like kind of tattoo Barbie vibe and some of you know, um, I, yeah, there's like a blog about it, but my breast implants ended up making me really sick. Um, I actually regret basically all of my tattoos. There's only a couple of them I like, and I plan to get them removed when I have the time and fucks for that. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of things I was doing. Like my, my hair, my scalp started actually getting blisters and bleeding and I had to go on steroids because of bleaching my hair that much. And it was falling out. Like my hair didn't even feel like hair anymore. It was just this like dry, 
blah. <laughs> uh, and also when you have hair extensions a lot, it starts ripping out chunks of your hair. So <sighs> a lot of repercussions coming from this obsession with bleaching my hair and having all the tattoos and getting implants and stuff. And yeah, I got like obsessed with that for a long time with like spend all my time and energy and money and all this kind of stuff. I'm trying to look hot. And a lot of positive things came from that. I, you know, had a lot of opportunities. I made a lot of money from it. Um, you know, I got a lot of attention. I still wasn't really getting relationships. Like the thing when you're kind of self-objectifying in this way, when you're, um, putting a lot of effort into, just like your physical appearance and wanting to be like fuckable or attractive in that way. Um, you definitely attract people that they just want to fuck you. <laughs> and uh, I'm demisexual. So I, you know, need a bit of emotional connection. So I was finding like the only people that would really hit on me or um, try to make approaches to me would be the kind of real skeezy dudes that I wasn't attracted to. Um, and I was still really struggling to find actual relationships and people that actually liked me for me. Uh, because yeah, like my, my appearance was quite intimidating as well. This was thing I was often hearing was like, Oh yeah, you're just really intimidating. And, um, me and my friends would have like massive social anxiety and we would dress up and like make ourselves look really pretty. Cause we wanted to like connect and be liked and maybe, you know, get laid or something. And we would actually repel people because we looked so intimidating and we looked like we thought we're better than everyone and that we're like, oh, look at us, we're so dressed up. So it was kind of this funny irony that we would be so socially anxious and awkward and like lonely, but then all this hair and makeup and appearance obsession would actually kind of chase people away. And I even saw like when I did have a boyfriend for a little while um, and then I would go out clubbing and I just wouldn't really give a fuck because I was like, oh, I'm not trying to pick up. So it looked like a bit scabby and messy. And suddenly I was getting more attention and this started like planting the seed of like, oh, interesting. Sometimes when I actually look a bit more feral, I'm actually getting more attention than when I'm like looking perfect. Um. Yeah. So I spent a lot of years like profiting off my looks, taking advantage of my looks, getting free stuff because of my looks, um, playing the game. Like, and, and this is the thing with like internalized patriarchy and, uh, being in this scene is it's like, okay, like being a, a woman, I get like a lot of bullshit. I get a lot of harassment and abuse and, um, you know, went through quite a lot of trauma around typical things that a lot of females struggle with. And so then you get this like, well, if I'm going to have to deal with all this bullshit, like I'm going to take advantage of it and I'm going to play the game and I'm going to take it for my advantage. So I'm going to use my looks. I'm going to, uh, you know, use it to get shit free stuff out of these guys that are like pigs anyway, and they don't care. So you start like playing the game from this really shitty place basically or it's like oh yeah like if you're going to objectify me anyway then I'm going to use this objectification to get what I want which can feel empowering at the time you're like yeah I'm so empowered like fuck these guys I'm just gonna play the game and make my money and whatever somehow that's gonna make me happy <laughs> that's what you think at the time but of course 
doesn't work that way. Um, we don't really know anyone that's actually really happy doing that. I was just watching the Pamela documentary the other day, and it was like a perfect example of this, where she played the game of the the bimbo and the sex object, and then you know, as soon as she really needed support and love and stuff, it like all came comes back to bite you. Uh, yeah, so. That was kind of my journey. And then I started having my spiritual awakening. I started traveling. I started going and like going to tropical islands and fire spinning on beaches on acid with a bunch of hippies and doing cool shit like that. And I started really changing my perspective on what was beautiful because I was seeing these like free spirited like I'm going to be talking a lot about women because like, like I said, this is something around my like conditioning as a woman and, uh, my experience of womanhood, but I was traveling, I was seeing all these free spirited, hippie, beautiful women that, you know, had no makeup, um, hair was just natural, hula hooping, dancing, spinning, just like joyously celebrating life. And I was like, wow, like, that's so beautiful. You just see this beauty radiating out of these people because they're just celebrating life and happy. And, you know, I've seen this time and time again. And then there was this weird contrast where then you would see the girls that had like the makeup done and the hair done. And then like, they wouldn't really want to go in the water because they wouldn't want to wet their hair. And they would be kind of sitting on the beach and trying to like pose themselves to look a specific way. Um, and, you know, not really like getting amongst the fun in the same way because they're worried that it was going to like fuck up their appearance. And I was seeing that in myself as well. Like as I was transitioning out, I used to like always straighten my hair. I never had my curly hair. Uh, and yeah, you'd be like, oh, like going in the pool sounds fun, but then like my hair is going to get fucked and then it's going to look ugly. And, you know, so I was seeing the way that like my hair and makeup and blah, blah, blah was stopping me from actually engaging in the things I wanted to engage in. And I was worried about like yeah, ruining my look and looking all scabby because of course it actually looks a lot worse to like have all this hair and makeup and have it all smudge and get fucked up than it is to just not wear it to begin with. So yeah, over this time of starting to like travel and go to yoga teacher training and like go out in the world and like visit this more hippie side of life, I really started shifting the way that I was perceiving beauty in others. So um, yeah, noticing like I was finding myself way more attracted to women that were like just radiating love and joy and happiness and playfulness and it wouldn't even matter what their physical appearance looked like and yeah women that like maybe I wouldn't have considered them to be like 10 out of 10 beauty but because they're just like so in love with life and just really celebrating life and having so much fun and suddenly you're like wow you are gorgeous you are so beautiful I just want to be around you and you're just so attracted to them because you're like wow what are you on I want to be on that um yeah, so I slowly started in my own internal realm, like viewing the makeup, hair, artificial look as unattractive. Like it actually started being more associated with me with like being self-conscious, being restricted, caring too much about what other people think. And yeah, just like covering the beauty. It feels like there's this layer between the person, um, like between me and them, like, 
there's, you know, this, this natural essence of this being, and then there's this like mask and, and then me. So I felt like I couldn't really connect with someone in the same way. And I was often distracted by their makeup as well. Like when I was trying to just like look into someone's eyes and connect with their facial expression, their emotions, I would notice myself getting distracted looking at their, you know, eyebrow styling or their eyeliner or whatever and like in certain circumstances that's fine like if there's a event or a party and someone has some really cool makeup like yeah that's awesome I'm not like anti-makeup or something anymore I still wear makeup not all the time but sometimes and yeah but just like this this inner shift within me was happening and I started to understand why there were men that were saying like women are more beautiful without makeup because I didn't believe it before. And I mean, still like there are studies that show natural look makeup is always going to win over actual no makeup. Um, for men that say this, like that there is a very subtle kind of makeup that is always going to enhance beauty and make someone just that little bit more beautiful. Um, and that's very different to someone having like a full face of makeup and doing all the contouring and eyebrows and blah, 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 that most women are doing these days. So yeah, I started perceiving beauty differently. I started dressing different and actually like I kind of went on this pendulum swing the other way where then I just started like giving up on doing anything <laughs> to do with my looks. Uh, also, I, I had this phase where I just didn't have money. Like I literally didn't even have a bank account. I was living in squats. I was dumpster diving food. It was like this radical, like fuck society, fuck capitalism, fuck everything that I've been conditioned to think that I want kind of, um, phase that I went through, which is great. Uh, very tantric actually, <laughs> uh, to just like rebel against all the conditioning and just do the complete opposite. So yeah, I just like didn't, dye my hair again, was at all these like rainbow gatherings and squats and just looking like totally feral. And that's actually when I started having like my first really good proper dating experiences in a way. Like, I mean, I'd had kind of some boyfriends and friends with benefits, but then I started actually like getting asked on dates and having like lovers and stuff. Once I started embracing a bit more of the natural vibe and yeah, so I kind of went this other way. And it was this funny moment where I then got hired um, to, with the these fire performers I used to perform with to do a gig. And I was like, they're kind of like, yeah, like you're going to have to like scrub up a little bit. And it was funny after spending like a few months just with no hair and makeup. And I go to the, you know, pharmacy to get some blonde bleach to do my regrowth and try to like scab up some makeup to put on to to do a full face of makeup and it felt really kind of foreign and weird and like this fun costume to put on of like oh I'm putting on my hot girl costume again it's been a while uh, and it was quite fun then it just felt like this cartoon character or something that I was playing rather than me when it, that used to be me and it wasn't anymore and yeah then you know, so I kind of went full, like starting to reject that and just like playing around with dressing up sometimes. And then the more I've gone even deeper with spiritual work, then I actually started noticing myself getting a bit more judgmental sometimes of people like that are wearing makeup or like turned off by it. And I try to like notice those thoughts immediately and be like, okay, come to compassion. Like you remember when you were like that and a lot of the places that it came from were a lot of like insecurity and feeling ugly and feeling undesirable and stuff. So like have compassion for these women that are like 
most likely struggling with the same kind of stuff that you used to and not feeling great. But um, there, there can be this judgment that like, if you're wearing makeup or you have like plastic surgery or something, then you're not spiritual. Uh, you're, you're doing it wrong. You don't love yourself. You're insecure and you're clearly like not that empowered. And I think that can kind of go a bit too far that direction. Uh, one of my teachers is Layla Martin. And last year she went public about the fact that she was getting a nose job. And it was so interesting seeing the posts people made. Like, and I was really feeling for her because I had my nose job when I was like 20 or something. Um, and I was really like self-conscious and, you know, like in the story, really look obsessed. So I, you know, I made that decision from that place and I was really glad I did. I'm so glad I got this nose job. Like, it looks so much better than my last nose. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I would do these days if I hadn't got it back then. Like, and I was still not liking the look of my nose and I was still finding it unattractive. Would I still get surgery? I don't know. I definitely wouldn't get a boob job ever again. Like, fuck that shit, putting like toxic chemicals in my body. Absolutely zero fucking chance that that would ever happen again. But like the nose job, you're not putting something in it. It's just like filing it down. And yeah, I don't know what decision I would make now. Like, yeah, I think it could be easy to say like, oh, I wouldn't do it because I love myself so much now and I love the way I look as I am. But I, I honestly just can't say because that's just not where I'm at. But, and I think it was quite harsh. Like, and always like the judgment is same when I got my nose job and I see it all the time. The people doing the judging are always ones that are like very naturally beautiful. So I think there's just something like a little bit biased here where it's like, if you were born with a very cute, perfect looking nose and a very feminine face, it's pretty hard for you to be casting judgment on someone that has like quite a big nose or unfeminine looking face or something that's considered to be like generically unattractive and unappealing. Like you just can't know what it's like to walk around with this in your face, looking every day in the mirror, um, having that reflected all the time in you that something on your face doesn't look right. And I think it's really quite like petty to be casting judgment on something that you just can't understand. Like if you are someone that lives with like a huge nose or a facial disfigurement or something, then, you know, maybe you can be saying like, well, I learned to love myself anyway. And I think you could have, you know, maybe tried harder on that self-acceptance piece. Like, fine, you can have an opinion on it. But I think it's like quite, um, yeah, shitty to be making a judgment about something if you've never had that experience of, of looking like that um, and having such a big thing happening with your face. So, yeah, there was a lot of judgment that is like you teach women this empowerment and self-love you're getting a nose job, therefore you're fake, your stuff's bullshit, you don't actually accept yourself, you don't actually love yourself. And I think there's a bit more nuance in here. So I, yeah, I've changed my relationship to beauty, I've gone full-blown into being obsessed with my looks 
and using them for my personal gain and benefit. I've rejected it completely and just like let myself go more feral and dress really ugly and just try to avoid that kind of attention, which also was a bit of a trauma response, to be honest. Like I didn't want to be harassed anymore. I didn't want to be getting all this attention from the wrong kind of dude. So I would just like make myself look unattractive to avoid that kind of attention to keep myself safe. So there was also like a bit far that regard. And then now it's like, okay, like, I love beautiful things. I love making my room beautiful. I love art. I love decoration. I love like creating altars. Like there's an impulse in me as like a creative artistic type to beautify the world around me, to want beauty. I love natural beauty in nature. I love like art. I love creation. I think there's this impulse within consciousness that wants to kind of manipulate surroundings to enhance beauty that this is clearly an impulse in every artist to want to um, change the environment to be more aesthetically pleasing and there is this like aesthetic sensitivity uh, that some people have more naturally and some people cultivate which like allows you to see beauty in different places and to appreciate beauty and that people with high aesthetic sensitivity can actually really struggle to be in unbeautiful environments that it can actually be quite like jarring to them. Like I notice I really struggle with this if I'm in like really kind of concrete, plain places with really ugly lighting and ugly patterns and stuff. I'm just like, oh, like something just doesn't feel good in me compared to when I'm in something like spacious and beautiful and colorful and interesting. And then I'm like, oh yes, like there's more for me to appreciate and more for me to uh, indulge my senses in, which I really love. So yeah, there's like this impulse in creation and in life to want to beautify. And yeah, I started getting curious about like, what is like the the spiritual essence of this? It's like creation, it's abundance, it's uh, art, it's aesthetics, it's color. And I have this amazing Shakti coloring book uh, which is by, I don't know how to say, Ikabumi Charles Ellick. And it's like, yeah, a whole bunch of kind of tantric goddesses that you color in. And there was a little section on ornamentation, the power of beauty. So I'm just going to read out this quote. And there's a little quote here. Europe is merely powerful. India is beautiful. By Savitri Devi. So ornamentation is an expression of character, status, and power, as well as love, devotion, and piety. In traditional Indic culture, no work of architecture or art is complete unless it is ornamented. The layer of embellishment seen on temples and statues are an expression of authority as much as of aesthetic fancy. On a personal level, an ability to attract was understood as power on par with brute strength. So both kings and queens were praised by poets as being beautiful and alluring. Beauty was considered to be the physical manifestation of fecundity, authority, and power. So ornamentation was both a delight and a political necessity. Adorning oneself and one's environment was fundamental to one's dignity, self-possession, and propriety. What's more, ritual jewelry, scented oils, and even one's posture and confidence gate gives spiritual protection. To venture outdoors unornamented was to invite misfortune. 
So I found this really interesting as this kind of spiritual perspective on beauty being on par with brute strength. So that being attractive and alluring was considered to be just as much a sign and symbol of power as being like a strong warrior. And I think this is kind of cool as well as um, something, yeah, that is a typically female characteristic of being beautiful and alluring and attractive, even though obviously there are very beautiful men, but this is something that's like particularly focused as a thing that women have, that they're the ones that are beautiful and men are the ones that are strong and powerful or whatever, and like typical, you know. <laughs> gender whatever um yeah but that that was really seen and appreciated as being just as powerful that like by being attractive and alluring and having people be like attracted to you that i guess they they want to listen to you they want to be around you they're they're wanting to soak up your beauty and that is a type of power and I've had this kind of come up in a couple of conversations in the last year where I talk about the kind of work that I do with some people and they're like, oh, well, of course it has to be someone that looks like you that does this work. And like, that's really cool that you're drawn to this and especially that, you know, you're really passionate about social justice kind of stuff and you're, you know, you look like you do. And I'm kind of like, eh, you know, cause I know these days as well, I'm like, I don't know, I used to be hot, but I'm not that hot anymore. And I kind of like, sometimes I forget that like, oh yeah, I am still kind of considered to be attractive. Like I just don't really think about it that much anymore. Um, but yeah, there was this, uh, kind of comment coming through a few times around this where people are like, oh yeah, like it's, beneficial for the work in the world that you're doing that you're physically attractive because that's going to make people listen to you more that's going to be better for branding that's going to be um helping you to be more successful at the work that you're doing and that could be seen as insulting and a little bit like oh the only reason that you're successful or popular is because you're hot and like for sure some people that is actually the case like their work sucks <laughs> and the only reason that they're popular is because they're hot but can that enhance the work that you're doing if you're actually also intelligent and good at what you do and the fact that you are physically attractive and people enjoy that uh, actually helps them take in your work more because I know if I'm really honest with myself and I notice when it comes to like watching videos of people or reading their posts or something there is a little bias in me that's like, if they're really attractive, I'm going to watch their videos a bit more than someone that's like, maybe I don't find this physically attractive. And that might sound really like shallow. And I think a lot of us don't want to actually admit that, but like, think I'm not alone in that. <laughs> I think some other people could probably, if they were honest with themselves, say like, yeah, it helps if the face talking to you is also kind of hot or their pictures are nice. And I, you know, that beautiful alluring picture makes me then read the comment and actually look at it more. So I think there is a, a power in beauty and even, yeah, like living with my partner and like, I have to look at him a lot. I look at him all day. <laughs> we live together and it's nice when he looks pretty. It's nice when, you know, he's, 
done his hair or shaved or whatever, and he decorates himself. And then I get to be like, Ooh, like you're so beautiful. And I love looking at you. And I think like the beauty of his soul radiates through and I'm always going to find him attractive, even if he like doesn't physically look attractive because I like love his soul and his personality and stuff, obviously, but like it helps and it's nice if he looks nice. And I also feel the desire to be a beautiful work of art for him to enjoy if he's looking at me every day <laughs> like and it seems like it can be then thought of as like unfeminist and unconscious and like not woke or whatever if you're then like yeah I want to look beautiful for my partner I want the man in my life to find me attractive um that seems to almost have this judgment of like oh well you're just you know patriarchy uh condition and you shouldn't care if men find you attractive or whatever but it's like i don't know same way i decorate my room and i like things looking pretty then like doesn't hurt and i i think this is the key as well like around it doesn't hurt like if it involves me like bleaching my scalp until it fucking bleeds and uh, you know, getting like toxic shit on me and spending a lot of money and a lot of time, then like, no, I'm not going to do it. Like I would much rather every day spend an hour doing embodiment practices and my spiritual practice and spend an hour doing my hair and makeup. Like, and this is, I think the reason why a lot of people aren't that happy is because like they say they don't have time to do their a spiritual practice or to meditate or to do yoga, but they're spending an hour on their hair and makeup every day. And I think that's ridiculous. Um, unless you like your job is working as a model or as a performer or something, but it's like, it's not necessary. <laughs> um, unless you very specifically in your job description is that you have to wear that much makeup and stuff. I think, yeah, every now and then it's nice to dress up, but if you are spending that much time and energy, then there's a good reason to look at your priorities, uh, around that. But then at the same time, like, yeah, having your hair look nice, wearing some nice jewelry. Like, you know, I like, I got my eyelash extensions and I like them. I think I look just like that little bit prettier and makes my eyes stand out. Uh, so having some little alterations to beauty that don't cost me a lot of time, effort, energy, and money, and don't like toxically pollute my being, uh, I am in favor of at the moment. And maybe not forever. Maybe I'll go fully feral again soon. Uh, but I, yeah, I think just to round up and to finish off this topic, there's some beauty to ornamentation, to decoration, to beautifying, but also the essence that maybe haven't communicated as much. But from that exploration of seeing all these beautiful joyous radiating people and changing my perspective of beauty there was also this reorientation to the fact that genuinely someone is more beautiful if they are happy enjoying life radiating unconditional love that is always going to be much more attractive than someone that might be a you know generic 10 out of 10 beauty and they're like hair is all perfect and they got the perfect looking face but they're not happy and they're like an inconsiderate selfish person 
that's never going to actually have that same power of attraction. I think the power of attraction that really is impactful is kind of a combination of like, you know, looking at least somewhat physically alluring in some way, not even absolutely necessary. Um, But this big hot energy, this fun, this enjoyment of life that has this power of allure and attraction in a whole different way. And I've seen this like, you know, I run play parties, I run sexuality events. A lot of the time, the person that might be the most physically attractive, whatever, isn't the one that is getting the most play or the most connection or whatever. It's the person that is confident enough to ask for what they want. And the one that's having the most fun, (laughs) like whoever is like just having a really good time, like that's going to magnetize people a lot more than someone that has a really sexy outfit on and they've done their hair and makeup really nice and they're looking really pretty. Like there's a certain type of person that might prioritize that, but a majority of people are going to prioritize the person that is love and life. Um, My friend and I were talking about this recently when we go to contact dance, that there's all these like really beautiful Lobudian babes and they're like super sexy outfits and they've done their hair and makeup and everything. And like, we just go in there rocking it, wearing whatever, like, you know, I have to wear kind of more ugly clothes to be more covered so I can slide around because I love like actually contact dancing. And yeah, then I don't know, I'm just having a good time and having fun and people keep vibing with it and like coming up to me wanting to dance with me and I I have a really fucking good time. Um, And yeah, I I think there is just this thing like that having a good time, celebrating life, having a big heart is always going to be the bigger attractor and a bigger source of power than physical beauty is. But it can't hurt to also have that too. (laughs) So that's all for today. Hopefully that, yeah, maybe gives you a bit of inspiration of something to consider in your own relationship to your beauty, to other people's beauty. Uh, Maybe you're still in that phase of being really conditioned to finding a certain kind of very generic, plastic, fantastic beauty to be more alluring. And If you are, especially I think for men that are still finding themselves, you know, because you've watched all the porn and the men's magazines and you're finding yourself really attracted to a specific kind of woman that looks like a certain way. Uh, and then you're like, why are all my girlfriends crazy and mean? And why do I not find really nice, loving women? And it's like, really, because you're attracted to certain type of person that cares more about their looks and they care about uh joy and love and such um then yeah just like it it takes effort to decondition being attracted to a certain type of person no matter what gender or what what thing whether it's that you're into narcissists and you're trying to be into different kind of people like there is a way that we have to like shift the way that we perceive others and kind of in a way like force ourselves out of what we previously thought was attractive if that's not working for us and find something else attractive so finding like yeah what else is attractive about someone that is like in alignment with your values and living the kind of life that you want to live like how can you take away the perception of just like purely physical appearance and see the layer under around like the, the yeah the values or the the vibe 
that you <laughs> want to be around and how can you train yourself to be more attracted to that than the purely exterior look of the being. So that can, yeah, just take a bit of time uh, because we, yeah, a lot of us have been conditioned to find a specific kind of thing attractive and not others. Um, but it totally is worth shifting that and being able to find a much more natural, wild, multifaceted, real, truthful expression of being like to find that attractive and to be attracted to that and to also represent that and own that within yourself. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon.